It's Two Jerks, One Vote, the songfight.org review podcast, and this time special guest Cybronica joins Jerkatorium to review the songs in the Whichever Whenever fight. Hi, I'm Chumpy, and this is the Jerk. Hi. Now here's how this thing works. We've won some fights enough that we think we know our stuff. We'll listen to your submission, subjected to our praise and our derision. I know that sounds unfair. But you're not obliged to care Yeah, you're gonna lose this song fight And yes, I'm talking to you Yeah, you're gonna lose this song fight Deep down inside you know that it's true Most of these bands are gonna lose When the song fight is done And your band's won And by your band's won I don't mean your band's won With bands being a contraction of band has And one meaning the past tense of All right, welcome back, everyone. Let's see, last week, the winner for Is This Real Life? Mandibles. And mandibles? I, mandibles, and I believe that was the outcome last podcast that we were all rooting for, so that's good. I don't know what you're talking about. That was crap. <laughs> it was utter garbage. Utter garbage. No, I'm kidding. Uh, no, it was, it was fantastic, fantastic, fantastic song. So I, I was really happy with it. I think you were really happy with it. We were joking about how, if it was us, we would have picked them just to be winner anyway, if, if we had control over all of that. If we were kings of the world, which we have not been crowned yet, but there's still yes. time. Soon. Soon. All right. May as well introduce our guest this time. We're thrilled and honored to have as a guest Cybronica. She is a classically trained opera singer who's performed around the U.S. and also in Europe. Cybronica is a member of Mandibles, and Cybronica and Mandibles have competed in two Nurines so far and did really well in the most recent Nurine, deservedly making it pretty far further along than Jerkatorium did, certainly. You've made it to the final round of Spin Tunes 15 and you know, notably winning the uh, pastiche fight in that one with that excellent song, Right Again, so which uh, I couldn't stop raving about. And uh, see, you have three songs in Song Fight so far under Cybronica and Mandibles with a song that just blew everyone away, which is just so, so great and so incredible. The Is This Real Life fight, uh, that song was just amazing. So yeah, we're thrilled and honored to welcome Cybronica to the podcast. Welcome. Hello. Thank you for hey. having me. This is so wonderful that we could get you on. And um, I uh, just wanted to ask, is there anything that you want to plug, any website or anything that we should aim people to, to see more of your stuff? If you want, you can check out my website, which you can find at abigailkempson.com. Uh, you can see my classical side, as opposed to the song fight side of my music. I sing and write, so you can find fun stuff there. Definitely going to check that out. Do you want to talk about your Is This Real Life song a bit? It was it was just so ambitious and so successful and so it was so I don't know how to put it. I can't I don't have enough uh, superlatives to describe. Yeah, sure. So I would say ambitious is definitely the right word for it. <laughs> um, uh, I think I mentioned it on the boards. That song was kind of a pastiche of three different songs that the three members of Mandibles all wanted to write for this Is This Real Life 
operatic vocals challenge. I wanted to write a song about my feelings about the operatic industry and Truth wanted to write a song about how all of the old bands are still touring but they're headlined by, you know, cover artists. And Zedong wanted to write a song about how every time he goes to karaoke, Bohemian Rhapsody and Queen in general is overdone. And (laughs) we kind of mixed them all together and pulled and pushed and tweaked and twaddled. I don't know if that's the right word and came up with that. (laughs) For sure, we knew that we wanted to, one, have me singing operatic vocals because that's what I do. And two, have those vocals be the queen of the night role to get that little pun in there. Queen, queen of the night. Right. Also, it's really recognizable. Yeah. You must have practiced that that particular aria a lot, too. (laughs) So I have actually sung that role many times and I sing it faster than the normal person, but holy cow, did I sing it fast for that (laughs) recording? I think that's the fastest those triplets have ever been sung by anybody ever since Mozart wrote it. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. It was was incredible. Incredible. And we can cut this out if you want, but please, please tell me that you used at least some pitch correction that you use. Oh, God damn you. Denied. I hate you so much. (laughs) I hate, it's so good. Oh, God damn it. If I use pitch correction, I wouldn't get paid to sing it live. (laughs) (laughs) What are you talking about? That's all anybody's doing in the 2010s. Well, and the problem is with that, particular aria especially is it's really hard to use pitch correction because you know the the notes are so fast that it, there's no time to pitch correct and you would just get that poppy blah, blah, sound that you get with autocorrect i have a question for uh, you cybronica mm-hmm. how did you get involved in song fight the memory that i have <laughs> is that nivius asked you to participate in neurine and so uh, it was actually truth told me about song fight i met him because a friend of mine was working with him at the same church uh, as a section leader. And I met him one day and, you know, the three of us, we had gone out to lunch and he mentioned it. I was like, oh, I like to write music. I should take note of this. What's actually funny is that in the original Cybronica Neurine entries, I didn't even know that the boards existed. I just found like the Neurine website. It was like, okay, here are some rules. I guess I'll do it. And did not know that you had to name the songs after the challenge title. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've learned since then. (laughs) But yeah, I learned from Truth. And then a couple years later, I, I ended up working at that church with truth and at the end of the year i was like hey we should do narine together and he was like sure and then we got the bass section leader to join us and then that's how mandibles got formed oh wow all right so anything we want to talk about before we launch into it anything more i don't think so how did you guys i'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) well you see a long time ago we all went to the same school and there were many hijinks yeah, Chumpy was feeling kind of creative, so he drew a pentagram in blood on the floor and lit some candles, and uh, I appeared. No, it's yeah, we we just known each other forever. But, yeah. Nice. All right, so let's launch into the whichever, whenever song fight. And as usual, first up, Berkeley social scene. You don't have to choose this or that. 
feel like I'm a little bit responsible for this challenge since I mentioned it to Lunkhead when he was here. Like, oh my god, I want to hear hand claps. More hand claps. And uh, yeah. I got what I wanted. I think just about everybody <laughs> did hand claps this time around. Yeah, yeah, it was it's a kind of a comparatively easy, you know, certainly more easy than operatic vocals <laughs> exactly. uh, to do. <laughs> and yet so still not everybody did them. <laughs> really? Okay, I, I missed I missed who didn't do them then. We'll have to definitely bring that up when they when that comes up. And also Lunkhead mentioned that he thought that it had been a you know one before. But I, I'm certain it was a Nurine challenge in the past. I don't know if it was also an optional challenge for um, for a song type. I think that's true. I really like how Berkeley Social Scene leaned into the challenge a little bit. Not only did they have hand claps, but they encouraged you to clap your hands as well. Yeah, I was definitely driving in the car listening to this and clapping my hands and then going like, wait, I should be holding the steering wheel. <laughs> Everybody clap your hands. Like had this kind of James Brown ad libs in it that I liked. Although I feel like all of the guys in Berkeley social scene wanted to do a James Brown ad lib and some of them stepped on each other. Like, yeah. <laughs> I think one of them was going, hit man. The other one was going, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, despite being a little bit overdone, I thought they were great. The bass riff is really good in that song too. I just found myself really enjoying that. I really like this song. I like Glennie's voice in it. I like Lunkhead's voice in it. I was pretty happy with it. Yeah, for me, the bass line is everything about this song. It's just, it is the best. I just, I think it's so much fun and it's got a really nice groove to it. And it's something that, hey, if you guys have it on tab, send it to me. I want to learn it. <laughs> uh, I just really like that's That was the highlight of the song for me. Glennie, I love your vocals. Other guys in the band, I loved your vocals. The song was fun. The bass was my favorite part, standout. Yeah, I enjoyed the song a whole lot. I really got this kiddie vibe to it, though. And it's probably mostly because They Might Be Giants has a children's song called Clap Your Hands. And it doesn't sound exactly like this, but that combined with uh, some of the instrumentation and perhaps especially the, uh, the xylophone and... The tempo and the instrumentation and the xylophone and the clap your hands all comes together to give it a children's song feel for me. I also got a note, I'm going to call Chumpy out on this. Maybe if it was a different artist, you would be calling them out on some of their phrasing and cadence of the lyrics and the melody. Oh, you know, I didn't hear any of that. Where did you hear that? Almost throughout, man. But the thing is, it kind of doesn't matter because it's still so infectious and happy and up-tempo and fun and uh and it's it's all good it's just that i think that uh maybe in a different song you would be complaining about them stretching out some of those words yeah i feel like i can i can let cadence issues go when it's not pig farmer <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay all right fair enough but yeah it was it was good it was happy it was fun it, it felt like a fun song and it felt like a, a bit of a children's song, though, too. To yeah. me. And that's there's nothing wrong with that. Were you guys able to figure out what the song was about? I took a look at the words and I thought it was just sort of about clapping your hands and being happy. But uh, I'm not sure. I kind of read read all of the lyrics through in a big thing. Do you, yeah. Does somebody else have an opinion about that? That sounds about right. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. <laughs> do, do, do you have an alternate theory, Cyronica? You know, it was just like the whole thing felt a little bit like the whole hippy dippy, let love be love, don't yeah. worry about it. But the, and then it has this 
line where it's like, it's not a spectrum, it's a grid. And to me, spectrum is a keyword for like, by and like i'm just like what is this talking about you know when i think spectrum i think autism (laughs) so yeah that spectrum is kind of like a keyword for people we're i think we're yeah okay all right we may be far afield here i I was thinking that yeah well who who knows maybe we'll get some feedback from glennie but there was some definitely some hippy dippy elements like um I like the line that every sound is musical. I thought that was kind of cool. Everything is beautiful, I think it rhymed with, but yeah. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. And then the next line, I can see what you're saying about the uh, cadence, but a million colors in the rainbow. That that was a little stuck out, but the song is so happy and everything's wonderful that you let it slide. Yeah. (laughs) It's like we're being hypnotized. Yes, everything (laughs) is wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. But you know, if it were me, I'd be shoving some syllables in there. So <laughs> <laughs> I'd be sh- I'd be shuffling some of that stuff around. But regardless, I, no criticism. It's good. Yeah. Okay. On that note, everything is wonderful. Let's move on to Dark Side of the Attic. Let's just get it over with. This song is about Brexit. So I have a little story about this. I listened to all of these songs on my phone on crappy earbuds while I was on a plane. So you can imagine, first of all, I'm listening on earbuds, so there's not a lot of bass response. But also there's this like ever-present sort of engine noise that you hear on a plane. And the thing about this song is that the volume is pretty low on it, so I had to really crank it to hear it on the plane. And when you crank it up, it's not that much better because then the the muddiness you can really hear. And I had a hard time hearing it over the din of the engines. I don't know, I I really struggled with this song. The, The timing, it's crazy loose. It's political, it's muddy, but there are hand claps, so that's a bonus. Overall, this song was just really sloppy and political, and I'd heard a lot about Brexit and Theresa May. I just wasn't in a spot where I could really pay it the kind of attention it needed, but yeah, this was not for me. A little aimless, a little sloppy, not very good. Yeah, it starts out rhyming Brexit with exit. Sure, why not? That works. It's like rhyming rhyming paper with wallpaper or, you know, <laughs> it's, it's okay, but it's fine. Yeah, the thing that I had was that there are two lead vocal tracks singing the same lyrics and melody, and it sounds like one of those tracks just doesn't know the words. And what makes that super weird is that I think it's the same vocalist just on separate tracks. So I just don't know what's going on. But here's me being a dick, all right? Here's a tip to everyone out in Songfight land. Oh my God, for Christ's sakes, if you fuck up a take, do another take. 
What, you can't be bothered to spend an additional two minutes to try and make something good, you know, something worth listening to? You know, do it yourself is good. DIY is great, but that doesn't mean you have to settle with whatever crap is in your very first take. Try again, do it well, do it right. All right. Right. Uh, my you know rant okay. over. That said, I'm going to take everything you guys just said and say, yes, I agree. It's sloppy. It's dark. It's grungy. I think it's all done on purpose. He says so right in like the second line. He says, this song is about Brexit and Brexit is sloppy and doesn't know what it's doing. And it's going on and on and on and on and on, like he says in the song. And I think he did all of that as like a, is this song about Brexit? Is this song a Brexit metaphor? I think it's a Brexit metaphor about Brexit, which makes it like a meta metaphor. And it's just like <laughs> this whole sloppy mess or it's just like the people aren't even in sync with each other, even though they're like trying to do this thing, you know, and they don't really know what's going on. But they're like, we said we were going to do it, so we're going to do it. But we don't really know what we're doing. I think like as far as it being about Brexit, I think he got it right on the nose or on the head. <laughs> okay. 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 So if that's what he was intending, then that's super clever and a really cool thing to do. But what you end up with is still a crappy song. So it's, you know what I mean? So it's kind of like, if you're like, see how I made this song into crap and it's a metaphor, you still For end up crap. with crap. Yeah. yeah. Your final product is still crap. And okay, so I, I have a, a newfound potential appreciation for it. If I was as confident as you about, you know, <laughs> perhaps his intention there or, you know, giving him the benefit of the doubt anyway. But still, I mean, it's like, it's still nothing that I want to listen to. Yeah. And so. Brexit yeah. is not something I want to experience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was ironic. So given that, what are your other opinions on the song? So my other opinions are, one, I like the eerie dark feel. I like the driving bass line a lot. I think the bass line is what holds it together. It reminds me a little bit of late Bowie, like, you know, 90s Bowie, and then like his last couple of albums Bowie, where it's just like, he's got all of these different genres in his head, but he's really in the grunge phase of Bowie-ness. And that's what this song feels like, where it's just like, we're going to put in some sound in there, and it's going to be a little bit <laughs> crunchy, and we're going to try and figure it out. And yeah. Right. Good, good. Two out of two songs so far. You've mentioned the bass line. I guess I can also out you as a bassist because I've seen the Right Again video, which again, I've called it out before. Go watch the Right Again Mandibles and Cave Dwellers video on the Berkeley Social Scene YouTube page. It's fun. It's cool. It's great to see you doing it so very, very well live. I wish we could perform live that well. But yeah, it's really good. Yeah, I started learning bass after Mandibles formed. So it's something that I've been paying more attention to. Oh, wow. That's very recent. I mean, in the big scheme of things. Yeah, like after Narine. Yeah. <laughs> we were going to play a live show, and then we realized that Truth played all the instruments, and we were like, we should learn how to play something. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome, and you do a great job. I mean, I've been playing bass since I, you know, uh, what, 30 years now, and uh, I was like, you're solid already after just, what, two years? Uh, seven months. Like seven months? I thought you were talking about the, the earlier Narine. <laughs> Um, no, <laughs> the, this year's. <laughs> oh my God. No, that's amazing then. Okay. I imagine having All a right. background in music helps. Yeah. All right. Well, should we move on to what's next? Evil Grin. The sky's full of dark confusion. 
I'm grinning evilly. You just can't see it. I, I believe you. All right. Uh, who wants to start out? Why don't you go, Sabronica? We'll let you have the sure. first cut on this one. This was my favorite song. I liked it instantly. I had two favorites. This one is my favorite favorite. <laughs> what did I write? Exquisite mix of hard instruments and beautiful vocals soaring over top. It like, I don't know if it was just, I was in the right headspace. I needed to hear this song when it came out. But like this song feels like power. Especially like on the I'll be there for you, just like with the panning chords and it's all strength and optimism and self-determination and it's like healthy relationship and we're going to go out and have fun and it's just, it's great. I love it. (laughs) Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I like this song too. I was happy when it came on just because it was a lot different than the other stuff that had preceded it on my mix when I was listening on the plane. And um, I just like the full sound of it. It was nice to hear some full sound with the, I like Pig Farmer's guitar work on this. You know, it's both a blend of acoustic and electric that he does well that I enjoyed. Um, it was also just nice to hear, hear a female vocalist after all the dudes on the playlist. So that was nice and just a nice change of pace. And I thought her vocals were pretty good. I mean, they were in tune and there were some nice harmonies going on. I did have a little bit of a complaint that there might not have been as much feeling as I kind of wanted to hear. I just recently learned about this this notion of singing with intention, where you're really thinking about what you're trying to communicate, and that intention can lead to things like varying the voice quality or the intensity or the dynamics. And without the intention, I guess, sometimes singing can come off as a, a little bit emotionally flat. And I'm not saying this is flat emotionally, but I feel like she might have been a bit tentative. And um, I would have liked to have just heard a little bit more intensity, you know, maybe a little bit more of a stretch to the notes. Just to make it sort of more unique to the singer, I feel like it's good when in a vocal performance there's something that pushes the singer a little bit to go maybe beyond where they'd go in a normal singing voice. And there's a little bit of a stretch. Would have been nice to have heard that. But really, I'm just kind of grasping for things to complain about, because like you, I really like this song. And I think this is a really promising collab for Pig Farmer. I think his guitar work and his production sounds really good with her vocals. And uh, I think the two of them could make some good music together. And I'd like to I'd like to hear more. Yeah, I think the song starts out very fog hat and then quickly moves into 10,000 Maniacs territory. And it's just really good. It's it's a strong song with great performances. The one thing that I didn't like was that pause between the bridge and the solo. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's sort of their choice, and I don't hold it against them. It's uh, both wistful and up-tempo, and uh, it's just great, great work. Again, it was really reminiscent of 10,000 Maniacs uh, to me, and that's a, that's a good thing. Wow, three thumbs up. Yeah. I think we all agree on this one. Yeah. yeah, I just want to say, still my favorite. I noticed that a couple of the uh, backing vocals sometimes sounded just 
the tiniest bit sharp so it wasn't quite in tune and that might just be like you know do another take try one more time that was about my only real criticism of it i really liked the vocal effect that they had going on in the bridge and how it played against the guitar vibrato i don't know what the right word is tremolo sound that they had going for it I thought that those two played really well together and it made a nice contrast in the middle of the song before getting back into that driving sound at the bass and the chunks and the awesomeness. Yeah. All right, next up we've got Geech Sorensen. God, I give up. I can't fight this anymore. There's no way I can wage this kind of... I thought it was a great vocal performance. And I also like what's going on during the verses where, you know, everything cuts out and it's just the bass guitar for a little while. This could have really easily been a much more conventional and much less interesting song uh, without those bits. But this is really good. It's a good song. It has more minor chords than I would have used. You know, it has a bit of that kind of wistful 90s alt-rock feel which uh, I think I kind of mentioned all of those adjectives about the previous song, you know, the Evil Grin song. It's all good. It's all fine. I think I would have maybe tried to, again, take some of the minor chords out, but, you know, I I can't complain. It's all good. Cool. I tried to figure out what about the chorus that I like so much and what separated it from the way the verse sounded. And I, I think it was the pattern of the, the drums play on the bell of the ride cymbal. And I, I was like, why do the drums sound different here? I know that's a cymbal, but like, doesn't sound washy. Is it a ride cymbal? Or oh, it's the bell of the ride cymbal. Okay. So I had to look all that stuff up to figure out like why the drums sounded different. I thought that was really cool and just added a lot of variation in the chorus to sort of let the chorus lift a little bit. And uh, I like that part. I really like when the chorus transitions into the hand clap section and then there's like one guitar part and then another guitar part comes in and then a third layers in at the end. It's really a nice buildup. Yeah, there's just a lot of good stuff in this song. I'm really liking Geech's sort of uh, his taste. I think both of our CD collections have a lot of 90s music in them is the is the thought I'm getting. Things I didn't like is I like the bass riff, but it's just there's too much of it. And, like, and it's a little too cute. A little cutesy. It's like a call and response kind of thing. But but again, <laughs> I think without it, it would have made a much, much more conventional song. I mean, we do this in Crustacean Stretch Receptor, more or less. So it, again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to defend them on this. I think it's fair. I agree it's cutesy. I may be even overused. But without it, it would just be another 90s sounding alt-rock song. What do you think, Cybronica? Yeah, I thought that the bass line was a little cute. I liked the backing vocals. I thought that they were done well. I liked the little descant thing that he does happening towards the end uh, and the call and response. I thought that that was really good. It's a well put together song. 
It's not my favorite. It's not my least favorite. It's a little repetitive. And the lyrics don't really seem to match the music to me. The lyrics are really heavy and the music is sort of a dark whimsy sound. So it just felt a little disconnected. I did like the building layers and the bridge. It wasn't my favorite. Sorry. It was really good. No, no, that's fair. That's that's all. That's yeah. Hey, Ryan, do you remember the Nurine challenge for the song? God, what was that Nurine song that we did that you really hated? Oh, it was uh, absurd. It was the. No. No. It was the I one hated that more you... than one. <laughs> it was the one where you. It was the one finger arp thing that you really didn't like. Oh yeah. After after you, you. right? The yeah. challenge was to use counter melody. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that in the final chorus, there's some counter melody going on that's kind of yeah. uh, mic'd in the distance. So, and he's really kind of not shouting it, but it's really, he's really emoting, but it's kind of distant. So it's not loud. I thought that was a cool touch. I appreciate it. Yeah. That. I liked how it was all mixed and put together. And I agree. I like that line a lot too. Whenever you bring up these really specific things about like the symbol or the shouting in the background, I, I worry because I think we're going to hear that in a Jerkatorium song coming up. Get really concerned. It's like, oh, no. I was really into the ad libs in there. the Berkeley social scene song, too. So we're going to have ad libs. <laughs> Just I'm making yeah, a list talks. right now of all the things we have to try and emulate. Everything that you're going to ham handedly pack onto one of our songs. <laughs> <laughs> Give me your worst. Yeah, all, right. <laughs> all right. All right. Speaking of ham hands, let's move on to lichen throat. Wait. Is, was that a, not me? a great segue? It was not a great segue because it's not in order. Oh. It's A B C D E F G H I J K L. Oh, because it, you think the glash is T instead of G. That's it, right? Oh God, I didn't get rid of yes. So it's I just no, that's thing. okay. I did that too. <laughs> oh, serious? Okay, maybe it's my problem. No, it's the it's the Songfight website's page. Okay, what I do is when you go to the main page, if you click on the image, it'll bring you to a page that has them pre-alphabetized. Oh, really? Oh. And that's that's what I always oh. go to. Okay, and, so yeah. they're See, clever, I just and go they for don't... the one that's always changing order. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, me too. And then I just alphabetize it in like. In my text editor, yeah, it thinks the, you know, is after Paco. So much less lazy than I am. <laughs> just, <laughs> just go in and click there, and then copy and paste. So, so super easy. But anyhow, right. okay, well, let's, so wait. Look, do you want to do, do the glass instead? I don't know. Uh, do you want to do the glass, or do you want to uh, leave that for the? You tea? had such a good segue. Yeah, right. I did, but well, I can I use the same segue for the glass. <laughs> <laughs> All of this is staying in the podcast. This is gold. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's do the glash and then go back to lichen throat. Is that okay? Is that okay? It doesn't matter to me. One First way or the other. I'm okay. not invested. Some unicorn vomited a rainbow and it landed in your lap. Now your brand new clothes are day glow and your friends say you look like crap. In truth, if you're a tidbit taken, no fashion ain't black or white. This time you hesitated, your friends just might be right. Whichever, whenever, whichever, whenever. So they take you 
I think rap music is all about the lead vocal line and the lead vocal recording quality or, or maybe whatever processing they put on it or whatever. It just makes this unlistenable. Otherwise, this might be okay. I think the chorus kind of seems to show up and end with no real change to the backing beat and no real connection to the rest of the song. And that could have been fixed with just a couple of little tweaks. But, you know, I, I just left this song thinking there's probably a neat song in there somewhere, but the production just ruins it. First of all, I had a little bit of genre bias. I don't know a whole lot about rap and particularly about 90s rap, which I think this is emulating. But it had that weird filter over the vocals, which made everything sound a little weird. And they had it over the whichever, whenever, as well as the rapping section. And I think they could have had a different filter to make a little bit more of a difference there. Yeah. Also, just like the whichever, whenever was repeated so often that it just became tedious. Also, it reminded me of that song. What is it? I think it's Kokomo, you know, Antigua, Kahama, <laughs> Pretty Mama, whichever, whenever, whichever. Yes. You know, it's just like I kept getting that stuck in my head while I was listening to it. It's a cool effect on the vocals, but it's it's a little too much. I had a technical way of explaining why I didn't like this song. And uh, I'm going to say that the tonal balance was really off. And what I mean by that is that a majority of the sound seems to be focused on a kind of a narrow range of the spectrum. And, you know, part of this is because I listened to this originally on earbuds, but where uh, like a lot of the low end bass just disappears, like everything below, say, you know, 150 hertz or so, you're just not going to hear on earbuds. So without a lot of that low end bass, like everything is kind of in the middle and there's not a lot of high end in the song. Like there's not a lot of high notes or there's this piano that you can kind of hear in the high end, but that's it. So everything is just focused in the middle of this frequency spectrum and it just kind of hurts my ears. Yeah. And it felt a little sparse. Yeah. Yeah. There were some parts I liked though. Like I like that particular nineties rap style and I, I like the lyrics. I liked the way that certain lines were punctuated, and I thought that was really well done with some, they're not exactly backing vocals, they're more like backing raps. Like, you know, what a rap hype man might do, like Flavor Flav or something. I like that. I like the samples in it. There was a couple samples that I thought sounded really cool. And I think this might have earned a vote for me, because I, I do like rap music, if it were just, you know, just a little bit more balanced in the frequency spectrum and didn't hurt my ears. And if it was maybe just a slightly better musical hook in the beat, I think that might have been nice. Like that piano is okay, but it just, I think it needs yeah. something a little bit more. Also, you know, it's something that I kind of noticed about it. First of all, a lot of the songs in this round were very short, you know, less than three minutes. This one clocked in at just over two minutes. And something that like has been happening with uh, a lot of new songs in like, the pop world and the hip hop world and the rap world right now is they're getting shorter and shorter because the more often you can get streams, the more you get paid. So songs have been getting shorter and rap songs have just been starting with the hook and then going into the rap and then finishing it. And that's how this song felt. Like it just went straight in, straight into the sound. It didn't have any introduction. It just was like, oh, suddenly we're playing. It sounds like I unplugged my headphones and suddenly music was playing. <laughs> and I think it really could have benefited from some kind of contrasting section to make it a little bit longer just because it, it was so repetitive. Right. Okay, now we're back to Lycan Throat. <laughs> Unless anybody has any objections, shall we move on to Lycanthrope? 
I object. Just kidding. <laughs> Go for it. You say you hate the gatekeepers, so you kick them out of your community. You say the flu shot makes you sick, so you never attain immunity. Someone's gotta be violent if he owns a knife, but you're proud of your new sword. You tease us with hints about your new life, then you say you wanna be ignored. Whichever you choose, it's the wrong choice. Whenever you speak, it's the wrong voice. Uh, well, let's see. I'll say that Lycanthroat's guitar playing has gotten better, and the recording of his guitar sounds pretty great. It's really full and rich in places, which I did not expect. Um, there's the solo part around one minute and six seconds, and it sounds pretty good. Although rhythmically and melodically, the song is still just a mess, and it's just this, all the same reasons why Lycanthroat songs are messy rhythmically and melodically. But it's less abrasive than his sampled MIDI guitar, so I guess I'm going to say that's, that's progress. The comments that I'm going to make here are pretty much the same comments I've made on Lycanthroat songs, is that he really needs to focus on rhythm. And this is something he can do independent of his ability to sing prettily. I mean, it would I think it would be a good exercise for him to get a rhythm pattern down in percussion and then write some words that conform to that rhythm instead of doing it the other way around. So, like, don't even try to have any instruments. My suggestion would be just to create a fixed percussion track and rhythm and then try to write lyrics that fit nicely within that. And that would be a huge milestone if he could have a piece that was just, you know, on beat, on rhythm, and wasn't awkward in that way. I think that would be a really a good thing. Yeah, I had a lot of similar comments. I said, yay, guitar. You know, yay for the more tuneful vocals that uh, he's been doing for the last couple of rounds, which is good. And I like that little uh, guitar interlude in the middle. You know, it's it's uh, it's pretty simple, but it's still effective and it sounds sweet. Also, just like Chumpy said, it's it's hard to overlook the rhythm problems during the verses. And it really kind of gets in the way. So and that's really pretty much all I had to say about the song. It was it was, you know. Not my least favorite Lycan Throat song by far, but uh, that's, you know, I'm still not going to be listening to it a lot. Yeah, so I have a lot of feelings about Lycan Throat and Lycan Throat's voice, uh, <laughs> which is kind of a strange thing because I've never met him. <laughs> um, but so I first really started to notice Lycanthrope's voice in the first Spin Tunes round with the Alien song. And I kind of come to it from the point of view as a classically trained singer and a former voice teacher. Lycanthrope, if you don't mind me just making a couple of suggestions, I think that you could really benefit from a couple of vocal exercises because you have a beautiful voice. And I really mean this. You've got a nice, rich, earthy toned bass voice that has a really nice timbre to it. But it just sounds like you don't really know exactly how to use it. You have a good musical sense. You make some really cool and intricate songs. But your vocal track sounds like 
I don't know, like you're still trying to figure out what to do. It sounds like the first take when, you know, you've written all the music and now you're like, oh, I guess I need a melody. I'm going to listen to it and sing along and see what happens. It just, I think you need to have that first take, figure out what your melody is, what your rhythm is, how you're going to put the words into the music and just practice that line over and over. You could even play it like on a piano, on a MIDI, on a guitar, whatever, have that track going and then have that in your ear while you record and then you can take it out later. I think you need to take deeper breaths. <laughs> and I'm sorry, I just like mini voice lesson right here. <laughs> if, if I'm out of line, tell me and I'll never do it again. But stand up straight, take a nice deep breath and just go, oh, for as long as you can hold it. See how long you can hold that breath. See how long you can keep that tone even. Oh, and not you know, shaking around, uh, you want to make it really just even pure sound so that you get used to being in control of your breath instead of your breath just being coincidental to the sound. Breathing is all singing is. It's just air <laughs> happening. <laughs> Highly recommend. I think that would really help because you've got some really great music and a really great voice. It frustrates me because I can hear your potential. <laughs> That said, I loved the opening. The melodic guitar sound was great. And then as soon as you started singing, it just dropped out into just like a couple of chords, a couple of notes underneath it. I wanted a much fuller orchestration. And I don't know if that's just like you ran out of time this time around, but I would have liked a little bit more than just the guitar and the clapping. I think that this song could have used more of a harmonic support. I like the guitar interlude a lot. It reminded me of an indie movie soundtrack. Uh, I liked how you rhymed strawberry with ADHD. That was a good <laughs> I just one. Thought, I, I thought that was really clever. Yeah, and I thought that your lyrics, I assume the song is about, you know, hypocritical people on the internet, and I thought it captured the current political tone. Good job. Do some vocal exercises. <laughs> I, cool. I think your advice of, like, sort of having composed the vocal melody ahead of time and maybe have it in your ear as a MIDI part that you can listen to while you kind of sing it is a, is a really good advice. So that's certainly a trick I use all the time. Yeah. I like will sing something and then be like, that's a terrible take, but I'll use it to remind me of the melody next time around. And then I'll get rid of it afterwards. You know, at the, at the risk of turning this into the all lycanthrope podcast, <laughs> I, I also really like the timbre of his voice and, um, I, I think it would be great if he could figure out what his range is or which pitches he can hit so he can kind of know what his palette is for composing. I really want to hear him do a Joy Division cover. I've heard this before, but I just want to hear him go, love, love will tear us apart again. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but better than that, you know, <laughs> that's why I don't do it. <laughs> I'm going to sample that. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. I'm now <laughs> going to that song. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, we, we, yeah, we can't get the rights to it. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're going to get a copyright strike against this podcast. But luckily, we host the podcast and not YouTube. So. <laughs> yeah, that's true. All right. Next up, alphabetically, provided I haven't made a mistake, we have Micah Summersmith. Life is a series of branching paths Decision theory taught me that And you get weary, I understand From choice after choice now 
with every turn there's something to choose something to win and something to lose and sometimes you yearn to wear some other shoes as the choice is pressed down but darling please believe that hope is not forsaken you are not alone in the choices that you're making Cause whichever you So, Ryan, if I'm not mistaken, you like fun up-tempo numbers? Who gave you that impression? <laughs> so you so must I'll... like this, right? Since you obviously are in the can for Micah. I am. I am. Yeah. It's a super catchy verses followed by a super catchy pre-chorus followed by a super catchy chorus. You know, it's uh, great lyrics, uh, great vocals, both lead and backing vocals. I, I like Micah's raps. Uh, this one might seem a little tacked on, but I'm fine with it. And yeah, it's a great rousing love song and uh, it's solid and I think it stands up to repeat listens. But again, I'm a fan of Micah. I don't want to let you dismiss my praise of it, but uh, but yeah, no, I like the song. I am slightly more critical of Micah than you are, but I also like this song. And I feel like this, this song is sort of like teriyaki for me. I like a little chicken and a little beef, so I like the combo. So I like his singing and rapping in the same song. I'm like, yeah got a little little bit of you know rapping on the side is how i like that so i thought it was great i mean i did have a complaint about it being a little quiet and dull sounding and micah if you're listening you know you should just send me your final stereo mix before you submit it and i'll run it through some (laughs) mastering software and you know i'll put some sparkle on it and i'll send it back to you and if you like it you can submit that so yeah, actually, everybody who submitted, send my <laughs> just my just, just my no everybody <laughs> lycanthrope. Send your uh, stems to Chumpy, and he'll he'll do magic with it. And he'll also sing like Ian Curtis on it too. He'll do a duet with you. This is a promise I'm making to everybody who's listening, which is only three or four people anyway, so it's fine. <laughs> Yeah. And his email address is. <laughs> I'd say, Bronica, do you want to opine on this one? Yes. Yeah, so this song had a lot of things that I love. It was jaunty. It had an accordion. It was fun. It had good vocals. And the rap break took me completely out of it uh, the first <laughs> time I heard it. it I was just so caught off guard and I really liked his song from last week I really liked the rap but like with this one it just felt completely like way out of left field where did that come from I think I did a double take and I wasn't even looking at anything (laughs) Um, I mean it was good again I don't know much about rap but it was good but it, it took me out of it I think that was sort of compounded by the fact that the harmonies right after the rap section were just a little bit out of tune just enough to make it feel like oh god what was that rap and oh my what is this thing now and otherwise i would have really liked having that you know acapella sound because it was so fun and it was just really nice whatever you do whatever he's singing there it's just but it was just a little bit out of tune and that put me off as a side note i love micah's voice i love the little vibrato tremolo shimmer he has in there yeah it's 
beautiful. Sometimes he leans on it a little bit hard, like maybe not every note, but yeah, I like I like that too. Uh, you know, the place where the the harmony vocals and the hand claps come in and everything else drops out, I really liked as well. I thought that was a nice touch. I did not notice they were a little bit pitchy. Like that is why I look at my vocals, you know, in software, so I can see with my eyes what my ears cannot hear. <laughs> All right, should we move on? Yeah, yeah. Let's see. Uh, next, we've got Paco Del Stinko. I'm a stud. Right off the top, I thought, wow, this is going to be a new wave song from Paco. And I think it's just that uh, delay guitar that I really liked right off the top. And I thought, yeah, it's kind of cool. It's new wavy. And then, like, the chorus hits and it's like 1950s bubblegum pop. And I'm like, huh? (laughs) And I think it's like the backing vocals that make it sound like 50s bubblegum pop to me. But, like, I was just, I just, my neck did a little whiplash there. Whoa. No, I um, agree with you. It reminded me of Damn It, Janet from Rocky Horror. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Paco's, you know, I've said this before, he is a master of dynamics. And at the end of the song, he is literally singing in a whisper. And uh, I thought that was cool. Um, there's just so much good stuff to hear. Like, Paco is continually refining his style and technique. And it's pretty impressive. Like, the songs don't always get me. But they're always very, very well done, and there's a lot of thought put into it. And I like this one as well. I mean, I'm not sure I like the head snappy change from New Wave to Bubblegum Pop, but I listened to the song three or four times, and I liked it every time. So, And I'm certainly going to vote for it just because of how well done it is. I liked this song a lot. I thought it was jolly and a little sardonic. Uh, the bridge was pretty cool. It had a good bass line and great panning chord transition from that back into the song. And I liked the little instrumental break after the bridge. It was just like a really refreshing way to return to it. Question I had, is this song about being a waiter or is it about being a lover or what is it about? I don't know. (laughs) I just kept going back to the Simpsons joke that I saw. It was like these aliens, they had this copy of this book and it was like to serve man. It was all about how to cook them. So that's that's what I thought. I'm just here to serve you. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's another thing. <laughs> like, On a plate. Yeah. <laughs> Order up. <laughs> no. Um, I like his vocals a lot. You know, at times, he's another one who sounds a little bit like David Bowie to me at times. Like when he has that low gravelly sound. It's like in Quicksand, a little bit like that. Or that song about the drowned girl. Or like in that part of Dance Magic from Labyrinth when he's like, and baby said. Uh, that's like the Bowie sound that this reminds me of. But the vocal production sometimes ha- was a little off. Sometimes his voice felt a little off. The higher notes were not always completely supported. Again, deep breaths, guys. It's good for you. Um, yes, I am in the pocket of deep breaths. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, but it, it was a good song all around, and it was one that I always enjoyed listening to when I came back up. Yeah, I kept going back to it for repeat listens myself. I thought it, that there was always neat stuff to hear in it. I thought, it, you know, it starts out, and I thought it was going to be funk, and then it turned into sort of funk rock, and then... And what it actually became, I thought, was something, you know, really sort of different. It's still rock and everything, but but yeah. Um, the chord progression during the verses is all these kind of choices that, that I wouldn't make, you know, to his credit. It's uh, it's stuff that it's unexpected, uh, you know, goes in a different direction than I'm anticipating. And, and that's what good music should do. And then there's that David Gilmour delay guitar work, which is uh, really cool, uh, especially at what I guess is like the third verse. It's whatever the whatever's happening right after the bridge. So, yeah, I, I just really enjoyed this song. I thought it was good. I thought all the vocal work was great. Uh, all the performances were good and really interesting. And I don't know. I just kept on going back to it. I liked it. I really like the delay guitar part too, but I was a little bit bummed because some lead guitar plays over it right away. And so you can hear that there's something intriguing there, but it gets stepped on pretty quick by other elements. And I kind of wish we could have just heard, you know, an intro with just that delay guitar because I thought that sounded really great. I guess so. I think he, he uses it kind of like the way I often use an arpeggiator synth, you know, where it's just popping around in the back and it's kind of keeping you know, that part of your brain uh, activated while right. the, the stuff that you're supposed to be paying attention is going on in the foreground. Uh, all good. I, I like to hear that stuff too, you know, but uh, David Gilmore has pretty much already <laughs> done that to death. So maybe he just wanted to really make it really good sort of uh, background or not background, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Color. All right. So that leaves us third cat. We can take begin with i really like third cat's voice he has a really unique timbre to it um and that said uh i noticed in this particular song he seemed to have a lot of auto-tune or pitch correction going on with it that i don't think i've heard in his previous songs to the point where i want to say that it was an artistic choice to have it like that it stood out and made it sound like a purposeful effect and i hope it was a purposeful effect and not just a, oh, I was a little pitchy, I'm going to throw on some auto-tune. Because um, it was, like I said, I really like the timbre of his voice and I noticed that it was being affected this time around. It was a simple, fun, satisfying song. The simplicity of the text allows the instruments to shine, but the ending felt a little too sudden. This is a song that I would want to hear at like a summer barbecue playing on the radio. For the pitch corrected or autotune vocal part, it really came out, I thought, in that harmonized vocal swell. But I kind of liked it, you know. They're like, yeah, yeah I, I think it's just him, and he does that one part where it swells up in a big harmony, and then the backwards guitar and the cymbal comes in. 
And maybe that's, I don't know, I, I, I don't want to second guess him, but maybe that's what he wanted to do in order to make it mix a little bit better that way. But I don't know. Did you, did you guys notice the end of the verse? So first of all, I think there's just one verse. But at the end of the verse, he like draws out the last word or the last note for like a really long time. And you're like, is the verse going to end? Are we going to get to the chorus? And then the chorus finally hits and it's like, yeah, there it is. So another good lift between chorus and verse, which I always like. Yeah, I was I, I like this song, but I hated the hand claps. Like I, I feel- thought, yeah. I I listened to it on my earbuds too. And uh, I just can't hear it on the edge because those hand claps are so loud, you know, and you just gotta, gotta mix those things down. I I think the thing is, is that these hand claps are super compressed and they're also, um, they're also in perfect unison. Like they're not at all sloppy, like they were done naturally. And I think that the reason they're done that way is because they, uh, they're meant to cut through a mix like to be used in a loud part of a chorus or something. And um, yeah, they don't work in a sort of song where it's a little, the arrangements a little bit sparse. They're just loud and they're ever present too. Like they're in the verse, they're in the chorus. They're just, I feel like the hand claps ruin the song. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Mixing, mixing, mixing. Got to listen to something with fresh ears and then go back to it and, you know, mix those levels down. I'm going to listen to our stuff on my shitty earbuds. (laughs) If nothing else, I just know that like, you know, you need to have some sort of higher parts of the bass because they just drop out in earbuds and like, where's the bass? As a side note, I have a note here that says the swoop swoop synth is so cool. I can't remember what that's about, but clearly I was very impressed. (laughs) I'll have to go back and listen to that. He did a a bunch of backwards instrumentation on this. So like, I I know there was a backwards cymbal in there and I caught uh, some backwards guitar and it might've been some more backwards drums or something that were given, was giving the swoop swoop. Yeah. He's, he's always inventive and creative, but yeah, I I can't listen to this on headphones. The the hand claps are bad. Yeah. Don't you have a rant about the challenge screwing up a song? (laughs) Don't worry. (laughs) We're not going to paste it here. I'm just going to. Just going to link you to it. (laughs) Yeah. What, what kind of fucker suggests hand claps as a optional challenge? What? I noticed you haven't been, I noticed you haven't been tallying the hand claps as we go along. Like you did the operatic vocal. (laughs) No, not this time. Because I thought everybody did it. I mean, everybody that we've talked about so far did do it. Nope. Did I miss one? I don't think Evil Grin did not. Really? Still voting for them though. I thought I thought that well I thought that I was listening for it in every single one but maybe they were just so omnipresent that uh, I gave Evil Grin a a slide. Okay, well, good to know. I should have been paying better attention Shame. so that I can uh, inflict my arbitrary uh, <laughs> optional judgment on this kind of thing. So, At least yeah. anyway. without re-recording their song with hand claps. That's what you think. <laughs> okay, uh, let's see. I think we should talk about Tuner's Union next. This awakened world is ending. It wants to start anew. To say what will ensue. My option is pretending to heal it all on to whichever when ever to. 
I think Cybronica should start because Dooners Union is so. Favorite. <laughs> yeah. Are they your second favorite? Uh, yeah, they were a very close second. I think just by virtue of I heard Evil Grin first, maybe they beat them out. But those two, really fabulous. Incidentally, it's the other one where I did not notice any hand clapping. It had a really nice dark opening the instrumentals all sounded fabulous and then the vocals come in and it reminded me a little bit of sting you know the vocals did and it had this really cool sound to it and then you get into the chorus and it's got this little high pitch bit and i can't even like sing it because, <laughs> but it sounded so good everything just really came together for me and just like as a side note because singer gonna talk about voices the high notes were really well supported they were a full sweet sound i thought the sort of reggae sound that they had come in at the bridge sounded really cool something that i noticed was that going into that that made it sound even more a little bit like reggae was they dentalized their t's which is to say instead of going they went taking out a little bit of that white noise air sound and i don't know if they did that on purpose but it's an element of a jamaican accent that i just was like okay i see what you did there <laughs> i also did that at one point when i was pretending to be abba good choice good choice <laughs> well a, a while ago when uh, i mean i think really really early on when i was recording i was having trouble with t's really hopping out of the mix so i watched something somewhere where somebody said to do the tease through your teeth yeah. so like like bring your lips back and if you're if you're doing them through your teeth they're not quite as uh you know heavy yeah dentalized that's what we Dental- call it in, that's- the class- in the classical world that's how the italians uh-huh. do it i learned something today cool i just All use right, a yeah. de-esser on them <laughs> just find the hissing frequencies and, you know, attenuate them. That's a thing? That's totally a thing. <laughs> what? I need that. Cybronica, <laughs> so, yeah. if you want to send me your next vocal stem, like, I will totally <laughs> process it for you. I, I'm like that Parks and Rec meme. It's like, I don't know what compression is, and at this point, I'm too afraid to ask. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you and me both. Yeah. <laughs> If it were me, I'd just go in and mess with the waveform itself. I just, you know, yeah. you can just you can go ahead and see that hissing down. part in the at the end of the at the end of the yeah. notes and just smush it down. That's that's kind of more work heavy though. So yeah, but you know they used to do time. that kind of thing in the old days. Like when you were mixing, you just what they call ride the fader down. So you'd find something and you know you didn't like the sound of it, you just yank the fader down while it was going. <laughs> And that would get, you know, recorded onto tape. Uh, what did I think of this song? I like the way it built. So that's, that is something that he's good at. Like stuff gets layered on and layered on and layered on. Part of me thought of this thing that Ryan says. When we're working on a song, sometimes if it's not all that great, we'll just add more stuff to it. And we'll keep adding stuff and adding stuff until it sounds good. And yeah. I wonder if that's what happened here. Because there's a lot of stuff added on. Like, I think 
you know, there's like three guitar solos happening at one point or three like sort of lead guitarish type things. And I was sort of joking to myself when you said you couldn't hear hand claps. I was like, I bet you there are hand claps buried in there somewhere because there's so much stuff going on. So, yeah, just really thick layering. And I think the production overwhelmed me just a little bit. And I thought there may have been too much stuff going on. But I kind of reversed course on that. After enough listens, I was like, yeah, this is good. I like this. Even with, you know, all this crazy stuff going on, I can sort it out. And um, it was a good listen for me every time. And ultimately, I decided that I would be voting for this one, too. Yeah, me too. I thought I had really good lyrics, great vocal layering. And that kind of vocal layering is really Tuner's Union's signature sound, or at least one of them. I thought I had great careful use of that synthesizer. And one of the things that I liked about this one, too, is I'm sort of used to Tuner's Union kind of hitting me with this big wall of everything at some point. But for this song, they have everything placed very well and very well mixed and separated. So it's not overwhelming you with this vocal and instrumental just kind of slamming you with everything at the same time. And I thought this is just great and a little bit of a different approach that way from them and very, very successful. I thought it was a lovely song. And as usual for these guys, I, I don't really have anything bad to say about it. Unless there aren't any hand claps, then disqualified. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go back and listen. (laughs) I'm sure they're in there somewhere. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, If Tuner's Union and Evil Grin are the only one without hand claps, then I'm going to be voting against uh, (laughs) Cybronica's favorite songs of this fight. (laughs) Canceling out your vote. No, I don't don't care. It's it's all good. But yeah, again, optional is half of that phrase. Yeah. Yeah. Just... Just like functional is half of my phrase, so it's all fine. So, <laughs> so Lunkhead, if you're listening for the next fight, I think ad libs would be a great optional challenge. Shut up, <laughs> ad libs, please. Mic. I'm cutting this out. I get to edit, so I'm cutting this, <laughs> all of this out of the podcast. No. Okay. <laughs> all right. Before Let's, we get too on. punchy, we should we should finish up with vowel sounds. Charming. That's like if I had to if yeah. I had to say it in just one word. It's charming. I'm a big fan of uh, Owl's voice and Bomb's production together. It's like it's a great team. Yeah. And there's a lot to like about this, but I have a few nits. So, Uh-oh. uh, you know when Cybronica mentioned the term supported for vocals, there are some low notes that are not super supported in there. Yeah. Like I'm thinking on the verse like Ride and Fireside those notes are really soft and they get a little bit buried in the mix. And when I was talking about riding the fader, I think this is a case where you could do that. Like right before she sings ride or fireside, just crank that fader up a little bit, uh, make it louder. So that, you know, that would add to the intelligibility, but I do like that she is stretching for some of these notes. And I think it's cool to go outside of your comfort zone and go for some notes that you can't always hit. You know, and in 20 years or whatever, you'll go back and listen to that song and go, wow, I I can't hit those notes now. That was something a previous (laughs) me did. 
The only other complaint is that synth melody part that you hear in the beginning is just a little bit shrill and a little bit loud. And it cuts through too much, and I turn it down just a tad. But that's it. Uh, those are the only nits I have. Otherwise, I love this song, and I love it when a sappy love song turns sour in the end. So, yeah, <laughs> thanks for that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, going off of what you just said, uh, I agree. As far as this is concerned, I think that's a range thing. It sounds to me like she just bottomed out, and that I think this song was one step too low and six clicks too fast. And I think her performance and the song as a whole would have been a lot better if it was just a little bit slower and pitched a little bit higher. I think her vocals would have been a little bit less breathless. Uh, she sounded like she was kind of running through them a little quickly. It would have been easier for her to hit that lower note. And from what I could hear, she still had beautiful note, high notes to spare up above where she topped out in this particular song. So I think if they had just put it up a whole step, it would have been good. I say that because I have a similar issue where I bottom out very shallowly in my range. So we're constantly like, oh, this is a good song. Oh, wait, we got to pitch it up so that I, uh, I can sing it. <laughs> <laughs> so that was something that I noticed and identified with. This is a fun pop song on the surface, but really heartbreaking when you get to know it. Like the first time around that I listened to it, I was like, oh, this is fun. And then I read the lyrics and I was like, oh... That was fun. <laughs> Not so fun anymore, <laughs> is it? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I felt that it was too short, which again would be fixed by just slowing it down a little bit. This song was less than two minutes long. I think it should be more than two minutes long. But it ends at the right point. Like, you can't add anything to do it. I just say, hold your horses, slow down. And I thought that the doubling on follower and a dilettante was particularly evocative. Really really gut-wrenching <laughs> yeah that's when it all yeah. went bad at the final the third verse and the final chorus yeah i'm never gonna suggest that anybody do a slower tempo for any song i'm all for <laughs> going you know if it's less than like 170 beats per minute i start i start <laughs> nodding off but no but I, I really like how the title was incorporated into this one i thought it was kind of nicely separated i thought it was good I thought this could be like a Go-Go's ballad or Go-Go's semi-ballad because, of course, it's not all that slow. But it's wistful and yearning and it's a love song. And I, I love those. It's, it's great. I thought the mix was a little reverby and a little dated. But I'm sure that's the kind of Alphaville sound that they were going for. And, yeah, I, I just like this song a whole lot. Yeah, and, and with that kind of stuff, I, I tend to, I'm sure just overlook any technical stuff. You know, if it's charming enough, I'll just be like all in. And I, and I am for this song. I didn't really even think about the technical stuff. So I was just happy with it. I liked it. Yeah. Voting for it. A good twist ending, you know, well-written lyrics, all of the, and you know, just that charm they have, it's going to win them a lot of votes. Yeah. Yeah. And they need some, they haven't won anything ever. <laughs> <have they>? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, they didn't win last fight. The oh, mandibles, yeah. I'm looking at you. <laughs> also, yeah. third cat, looking at you. But but no, it's a, it's a great song. So, I enjoyed it a lot. Alright, is that it? That's it. Well, okay. MC3PO had lyrics, but no songs, so that made me sad. 
I saw those in there and I liked those lyrics. I was reading those lyrics. And I'm going, this doesn't remind me of any of the songs that I listened to. And that's a shame. But actually, maybe it's just balance because in the past he submitted songs without lyrics. Now he's submitting <laughs> lyrics without songs. Maybe that was for last week. No. <laughs> yeah. No, again, we, we'll, uh, we'll mount a write-in campaign so that we can yeah. vote for MC3PO. <laughs> yeah, another one. My last write-in campaign didn't go very well. But yeah, not acknowledged by Slunkhead at all. Well, I think Slunkhead um, is do- tired from he- about he- from hearing. God, that was terrible. I think Lunkhead is tired from about hearing. God, I'm just going to stop saying that. <laughs> Lunkhead hates you is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> and you should stop emailing him now. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll wait. Should we go through the the list and mention who we're voting for and not voting for? Yeah. Sure. Or, okay. Uh, I wanted to keep myself to four votes. So Evil Grin, for sure. Turner's Union, for sure. Vowel Sounds. And I'm going to vote for Dark Side of the Attic because I really respect what I think they were trying to do. And I want to support it. And I want to say, hey, yeah, you're great. I might add in a fifth vote for Paco because I just really enjoyed that song. I haven't decided yet. Cool. I wanted to keep my votes down to less than half, as usual, so I'm going to vote for five. That's going to be Vowel Sounds, Tuners Union, Paco Del Stinko, Micah Summersmith. And then I'm going to have to go back and listen to whether or not there were hand claps on some of them. And I might be able to shift some of these votes around because Berkeley social scene is sort of on the cusp, as is Evil Grin and Geech Sorensen. So I'm still rattling it around. I know I'm running out of time, but it's going to be somewhere in there. All right. Uh, I'm just going to keep it simple. I'm just going to vote for the songs I liked. Uh, Berkeley Social Scene made me feel good. I'm voting for them. Evil Grin, I really like their tracks. So that is another vote from me. Pig Farmer, if you're listening, I think you should keep doing more collabs with these people, this person, this entity, because it's good stuff. I'm going to vote for Geech Sorensen. I really liked his song, even though I thought the bass was a little bit overdone. Micah Summersmith. I'm going to vote for that. Happy accordion number, up-tempo stuff. Good job, Micah. I'm voting for Paco. You know, I wasn't going to initially because I was a little bit confused by it, but I kept going back to it. So if if it's a repeat listen, that's a vote. And... Tuners Union, I'm also voting for, which was another song I didn't really like the first couple times, but I also kept going back for it and hearing more things, so that's another vote. And ending up on vowel sounds. If it charms me, I'm voting for it. That's it. So how many is that total that you're voting for? Uh, Let's see, seven? Seven. Okay, so you're voting against four bands. Yep. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) And they are. And they know what they did. (laughs) (laughs) yeah all right okay all right so uh shout outs yeah uh shout out to my husband thrasher thank you for supporting me uh shout out to figaro fidelio and juniper the cats who you heard i'm sure running around behind me (laughs) during Mm -hmm. this you adorable floofs and shout out to truth my partner in crime and shout out to your performance coming up oh yeah uh, if anybody's in Philly on May 7th, I wrote a 10-minute opera. You should come see it. It'll be fun. Heartbreak. Elevators. 
everything you could want in an opera. <laughs> that, is, that is everything that I want in an opera. <laughs> Heartbreak and elevators. You're right. There's a bassoon. It's great. <laughs> Three things. She's nailed it. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. Oh, and uh, and your website one more time. Oh, yeah. AbigailKempson.com. You can hear me sing. You can listen to some stuff that isn't that opera that I wrote. Yeah. And you can also catch her on that video in the Berkeley Social Scene YouTube page where she's performing with Mandibles and Cave Dwellers. She's doing that great Write Again song from Spin Tunes. So, yeah. I'll give a shout out to my husband, Andre. Thank you for all your love and support. And uh, give a shout out to Brian Rader, our colleague and collaborator. And the guy who, without him, Jerkatorium would not exist. So blame him. And uh, shout out to Alice. Uh, we love you, Alice. Thanks for all that great art. And thanks for everything you do. Who else? Uh, shout out to Lunkhead and to Nivius. Lunkhead for doing all the stuff for Songfight. And Nivius for getting Nerein up and rolling. If uh, you're not in it already or not planning to be in it already, or don't know what I'm talking about, go to the Nurine sort of sub page on the Songfight bulletin boards and get ready to compete in another song competition. Yeah. And I would like to give a shout out to my lovely wife, Sarah, who is in the other room watching the Seattle Mariners play baseball. And I haven't heard her scream once since we started recording. So that's good. <laughs> and I know she's been keeping that in. So, so thank you, Sarah, for that. Um, I would also... <laughs> like to give a shout out to Brian Rader and uh, Brian if you're listening I just want to let you know that if you google Brian Rader in quotes and song the golf song Jerkatorium's golf song comes up because <laughs> it says lyrics by Brian Rader so thank you for those great lyrics you know what I mean and um, that's it for my shout outs yeah I had a special shout out of course to Cybronica for joining us I know it's late where you are thank you for calling in I'm really really glad that we could do this and we should have you on again real soon happy to this was a blast thank you yeah it was a lot of fun really enjoyed it alright that's a wrap I can hear the theme music playing alright well we will catch you on the flippy flop <laughs>